Thanks for joining for this episode of the Techspective podcast. Uh, my guest for this episode is my good friend, Wolf Gerlich. So, Wolf, say hi to everyone. Hey, hello, everyone, and, and thank you so much for having me on. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Um, for you know, those who aren't uh, familiar with you or whatever, um, what is your what is, what is your day job? You know, give us a little bit of your your background and kind of what you're up to. Sure. So my my background is in leading IT and IT security and healthcare and financial services, um, and then I did consulting in between gigs. I'm a big fan of you've got to be both the inside guy and the consultant to be either a really good inside guy or a really good consultant. So I bounced back and forth between those two worlds for, for some time. These days, for the past couple of years, I am an advisory uh, CISO with Cisco Secure, and uh, I work predominantly with dual security. Okay. Um, so, okay, so right, right, right before we started recording, we were talking about... Uh, you know some of some of the eclectic things that you 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 learn about and and, and get into. Um, you know we talked about the the interest in in design, um, and I, you know for a, a couple episodes now I've been bringing up that I'm in the middle of reading this book, uh, Range. Oh yeah, and and I and I'm and and so that the conversation we were just having uh, kind of made me made me think of this because the whole the whole concept is not being so specialized, not being so focused that like all you do 24 seven is cybersecurity and the value that comes from looking at the outside world and applying those things and, and having a more generalized view of things. Um, and, and I think, you know, you, you, what we were just talking about and, and you personally, I think kind of epitomize that. So the, the book range, I'm so glad you brought that book up. I was reading that book on a, on a train in Europe. So we did this uh, trip in Europe to celebrate my wife publishing her book. And so every time we're on the trains, I'm, I've got range out. And there's actually a, a story in there that I, I did feature in my blog uh, about uh, the lead designer of Nintendo. If you've gotten to that, we should talk about that. If you haven't, I won't spoil it for you. <laughs> but so it it was such a good book. And then... Um, around uh, March 12th, March 11th, March 12th, I got the call that they were closing the borders. You got to come home. Yeah. Come home right away. We don't know how we're getting you home, but get to Prague. And then I'm in Prague. We don't know how we're getting you home. Get to Paris. I'm in Paris. We think we can get you home. We're flying you from Paris. So we flew home. March 13th, I land. It's 10 o'clock at night. The world shuts down. And have always been on the move. You, you know me, Tony. You know me for years. I'm never in one place at one time. Uh, or uh, actually, I'm rarely at one place for one time. But you know what I'm saying? For more than a, a period of time. Uh, there, there's an ADHD joke in there I'm just not going to make. So so uh, a couple weeks go by and I'm in this bad headspace. And a good friend of mine is like, you need a project. You need a project. You need something. And I thought of that book. I thought of that book, Range. And I'm like... I've got the idea. I'm going to I'm going to go through and I'm going to look at all these classic designers. And and so week by week, I've been uh, following some of the device out of that book and exploring the world of design outside security to bring some of those ideas in. Well, uh, I have not gotten uh, to the, the lead designer of Nintendo. I won't uh, spoil it. I, 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 you know, I, I'm, I suppose relatively early on, still still first third 
Um, I was I was just reading the the the, the stuff about um, you know IQ tests and and how mm. and how you know just the way we view the world and categorize things changes and and it, it, that 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 alone was kind of mind blowing to me because it didn't occur to me that like we like as a as a society that the 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 IQ test like changed you know in general for the whole society and i was like wait a minute so that does that mean that you know when someone today takes the IQ test and it's like, oh, you know, I, I got I got the same score as Einstein. It's like, is that less impressive now? Because, you know, everyone's scores are higher because, you know, that's just, you know, we're, we're exposed to more stuff and then we think more abstractly, uh, you know, so, so you know, it, it's almost like you need like, like when you're converting, you know, which movie did best at the box office and you have to convert the dollars, you know, to, to real, real dollars or whatever to be able to compare them apples to apples. Uh, I feel like we need something like that for the IQ test to be able to say, well, you know, you know, how does your score actually rank against Einstein? <laughs> yes. And it's uh, in a way it's the red queen hypothesis, right? We all get a little bit faster and because we're all a little bit faster, no one is really gaining an advantage over everybody. So it's, it's very, very fascinating to watch the intelligence evolve. The other thing that I took away from that, they didn't really delve into it too much in the book, I didn't think. But the other takeaway I had was, how many of us in InfoSec, especially of our generation, were just terrible students, right? We're looked at as you're not going anywhere. You don't have a future. You can't focus on class. You know, you, you can't score whatever on whichever test. And uh, and why? Because our minds didn't work that way. So we got involved with computers. We got involved with hacking, uh, went down a path, and now we built careers out of it. It's really interesting to watch the shift, the generational shift that's occurring now that you need to have a master's. Right, have a master's degree and a certain GPA before you get a job in this field. Man, if they required that 20 years ago, none of us would be here. So my my son and I were talking so I was, I was telling him about the stuff that I was reading about the IQ test and stuff and 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 uh we were talking about you know IQ test in general and he was in he was uh can't think of the word I'm looking for but he, he was basically like yeah, well, I mean, that, that's useless anyway. I mean, it's, it's called the intelligent quote, intelligence quotient test. It literally does not test intelligence. Um, and and so we had this whole conversation about, well, what is it actually testing? What is it actually measuring? And, you know, and I said, well, I think there is there's a case to be made that if you do really well at that, if you're if you're really good at recognizing patterns and abstractions and being able to kind of like see this broader picture, there is something to say that 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 there you have an aptitude that would be useful in these areas like you know maybe maybe you would be better in these areas what it doesn't say is the opposite it doesn't say that because you did poorly on the IQ test um you're a moron and and you're unemployable because there are other there are many many other skills other jobs where you need the exact opposite of that. Like, you know, all I need you to do is just, I need you to memorize this list of things. I don't need you to think abstractly. Um, I need you to be an expert at this. Um, you know, and you have to, you, and you need both kinds of people. Well, yes. And I think 
by extension, last time I heard there was eight types of intelligence. It may be higher, it may be lower. It's, you know, probably eight plus one minus one. Um, but, you know, there's there's logic and there's pattern matching, like you mentioned. But there's also things like kinesthetic intelligence. How good are you at at moving, playing sports? There's intra and interpersonal intelligence. How good are you at making connections, maintaining friendships? And when you think through today's security function, specifically, more broadly, today's world, uh, if you don't have someone on your team who's really good at intra and interpersonal skills, you, your program's not doing well, right? If you just have a whole bunch of us techies in, that are doing technical work and pattern matching, you're not you're not going to go very far in convincing the organization to implement your controls and to buy in your program. So it really does take uh, a broad set of skill sets. Uh, and you're right. I think the IQ test maybe measures two of the eight. Maybe three, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't recall, uh, you know, what what my score was, or if I've ever even taken like the official official IQ test or whatever. I mean, I know, you know, I do pretty good at uh, you know trivia things. You know, I did, I was on, uh, you know, I, I I made it to Who Wants to Be, be a Millionaire and got to uh, you know shake Regis Philbin's hand. Uh, you know, nice. so, so that, you know, and it's funny the way the brain works because, you know, there's, the, there, there's all that, like I was really, you know, growing up, I was really, really, really awesome at trivial pursuit to the point like I used to be like, my aunt used to accuse me of cheating and I was like, how, <laughs> but, but my brain would work that, like, basically I, once I, once we asked the question, cause it's a finite set of questions in trivial pursuit and once I saw the question and got it wrong, I wouldn't get it wrong again. Now I know the answer. Like you, you know, as long, like if you tell me what the answer is, now I know it. And I mean, hell, that's how I passed a lot of my certification exams. It's like all I have to do is take practice tests for a weekend uh, for something like the MCSE or a CISSP or whatever, and. You know, I can very, very quickly go from I don't know the answers to well, now I know the answers because I got them wrong. Um, and the thing is that that doesn't mean that I actually know anything <laughs> like it and see to me, I'm completely opposite. I'm terrible at trivia pursuit. My wife is good at it. I'm terrible at it. Um, but, uh, and I never took practice tests when I would do certifications because once I understood the, the pattern of the way the system worked and the metaphor that the designers were using, I could infer the answer. And so my, my wife will ask me something, and I'll be like, I have no idea. And then I will be sitting there, and she, I'm like, you don't remember this? So I was drinking a, uh, a Manhattan, and it wasn't really the way I like it, but it was okay. And you were wearing a floral dress. And then the temperature was a little bit warm, a little bit sunny, but it was a little bit overcast. And that's when you said this fact, which really ties into this broader conversation. And she goes, why don't you just start with a fact? I'm like, I, I wouldn't have known that. <laughs> unless I started with what I was drinking. There's a, a really good book I'm reading right now called Remember. So uh, I know you got 70 books in your list, but if you're ever interested in the way memory works and is encoded and some of the tricks that super learners use, highly recommend. I, I very much am because like, so like the, the thing that you just described. Now, on the one hand, I I, I, I understand the sort of like 
zigzag ping pong relationships that that sometimes just trigger something. You know, like you know, you hear five notes of a song and your brain goes bing, 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 and next thing you know, you remember that one time in high school at the at the you know at the at the high school dance or whatever. And it's like, well, why, why, why did those five notes trigger that? But I've always been very fascinated by that, and I've always been like I I remember when I was in the Air Force, I had a friend who, you know, we would we would have like a, a debate about something. We'd have a conversation one weekend and like two weeks later, he'd be like, no, cause remember I said this and then you said this and then I said this and, that. and he would, and it would be verbatim. And when I heard it from him, I, I could verify, yes, that is absolutely what you said. And that is absolutely what I said. However, if you just said to me, Hey, Tony, can you relay what our conversation was? I would give you the high level concept. I would say, yeah, we talked about this. Can I tell you what you verbatim said or what I verbatim said? Hell no. I don't remember that. I don't remember at that level of detail. I, and and that goes for a lot of things. You know, and that's just the way my brain works. Is that I don't remember interactions and conversations at that level of detail. I remember that it happened. And I remember, you know, I, my, my brain boils it down to here's the here's the key five takeaways you need to catalog. <laughs> Forget all the rest. Yep. Absolutely agree. Um. But to, so so let's go back to range a little bit. So I mean, you 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 do have these, um, and I mean, lots of people do. But you know, you in particular have diverse interests. You know, there are other things, and and the thing is that I, you know, to me, it's one of the things that makes you a interesting and b more valuable in your role. Is I think that you 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 bring these outside perspectives in, um, and uh, you know. I think we, you know, in, in technology and cybersecurity, almost kind of pigeonhole ourselves some and think that, oh, no, you just, you know, we, this is what we do. Um, and I think it's helpful to kind of take a step back and say, you know, what we do is not really so unique and so, you know, whatever in, in the world. Like there are lessons you can learn from this or that and apply them, um, you know, to, you know, at, at a certain scale to to improve what we do. Yeah, and I think in in security, because it isn't still an emerging field, in technology, because a lot of us grew up with it and it was seen as brand new, uh, in our world that we've had hype and hype and advertising about how everything is brand new and all the paradigms are changed and nothing is like it was before, uh, in this world, we have convinced ourselves that security and more broadly IT are very unique domains and that there really isn't much we can learn from anywhere else because no never in the history of the world was there a computer which is true that the there never was the type of speed that we have there never was the biometric sensors we have there never was the crypto uh, however the underlying um, OS that we're all running on top of is is the human layer and the human layer has been pretty consistent. Now we've gotten a little bit smarter. Our brains have gotten a little bit better wired to your point about uh, the book and range. Um, however, the the cognitive biases, the way we trip up, the way we interpret advice and remember things or ignore advice and forget things is, is very consistent, whether you're in tech or medical or product design or, you know, manufacturing. Yeah. Um. Well, and at the very least, it, it it helps with analogies. I mean, you know, like I, 
I'd be curious to know, you know, what 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 other people uh, who who were there to witness it might think of the sort of beginning of my career as a as a as a writer, journalist, whatever. But in my opinion, the thing that made me successful when I was doing internet internet and network security site at about.com was analogies. It was the ability to take a a, a complex or a, a a a foreign concept in in technology or cybersecurity and translate it into English that a general audience could understand and relate to and say, okay, uh, okay, I get it, you know? And so whether, whether we were talking about, you know, DNS or public key encryption, but just trying to find some, some, you know, cause if you just start talking about public key encryption to someone who's not in cybersecurity, they're like, I don't, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. You're, you're talking gibberish. So you have to find some other, you have to find an analogy. Um, and I think that, having those diverse interests and 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 looking out at the world helps you to be able to convey the information to people in in a in a way they can relate to and it it oftentimes helps with the light bulb going off i remember a story uh it was in a talk that jack daniel gave and uh i'll describe this talk and if jack hears us he may go i don't remember even giving that talk because <laughs> that's pretty pretty common with those of us who tell a lot of stories uh, but Jack Daniel at the time was doing a lot of blacksmithing, and Jack Daniel gave a talk on blacksmithing and cybersecurity. And the point he made was um, you cannot manufacture uh, traditional door locks. You just can't. The ones that were made by blacksmiths were made in a way where you would make one piece at a time, and you would fit each piece into another piece. Um, so if you tried to just measure it and manufacture it, it wouldn't work. It would only work by layering on each piece in a certain uh, fashion and adapting that piece to the overall mechanism. And at that time, I was actually struggling with just that type of door lock in my house because I had a, uh, an old-fashioned, uh, antiquated uh, door system that I was trying to fix. And he was right. I couldn't find any pieces to it. And his whole point was, his whole takeaway was, in security, we think that you can just apply a bunch of best practices as is. We can apply these patterns as is. But until you think through how they're all going to come together, until you sequence how they all go together, and until you personalize putting them all together, you're not going to be successful. And that simple story stuck with me for probably 15 years and was the, the foundation to the security program I later built. Well, so so a few things there. Number one, did not know Jack Daniel did uh, you know, the blacksmithing stuff. Uh, actually, when I think of blacksmithing, the 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 name that comes to mind for me is uh, Marcus Raynham. Oh yeah, out there doing that stuff now. Um, number two, uh, for your door situation, uh, I'm like, well, now you can just 3D print it. You don't need to. You don't need to blacksmith something. Um, but uh, number three, and that actually takes me back to many many years ago. There was the 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 philosophy that um, that that using the 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 fact that the whole world ran on Windows, um, you know, created a uh, you know a, like a, a a monolith of you know like it, it made us more vulnerable because everyone's running Windows. As soon as I find a vulnerability, like everything, which is true to an extent. However, someone in a very similar story pointed out to me, they're like, okay, but it's not really true. Like mm. if, you know, 
one company, yes, they all have Windows computers, but there there's a different set of, uh, you know, they're using different routers, different switches, different uh, applications that are running on it, you know, different security c- controls in place. And so it's like when you break it down, it's like they are actually unique environments to some extent, you know, each each one and, and you know, within a company and possibly even down to the, to the computer level, depending on how um, how draconian the company is about, you know, enforcing what can or cannot be on a computer. But, um, you know, just because I'm running Windows and you're running Windows or whatever, I don't know if you're, I don't know, I don't know that you're running Windows, um, but <laughs> just because we're both running Windows um, doesn't mean we're exposed to the same level of risk. So what what I always thought was interesting about that. Now the the idea uh, that you're espousing, um, specifically monoculture, as being a source of weakness, uh, I first heard publicized by Dan Gear. So Dan Gear again back to your point about range. Dan Gear um, is a, a very well known, very well spoken uh, cybersecurity expert who bases everything in medical and in, in his uh, his experience around. Um, fighting viruses and whatnot, physical viruses, not digital viruses. And so he espoused the the idea of monoculture. And what um, I thought was fascinating about that was, uh, at the time, it was Windows. Just your point, right? If everyone's running Windows, it's very easy to write malware that crosses Windows. So I guess we, we shall not do that. So we, we all have a whole bunch of different OSs for our phones and a whole bunch of different OSs for our devices and a whole bunch of different ways of hosting. And everything explodes and then comes back. And now today, everyone is running iPhone or Android, connecting up to AWS or Azure or GCP and running Linux. And so this idea of monoculture, A, to your point, there was enough variety to to add some protection back in the day. And we could even talk about, if you want, some some of the old school tips that we used to do to introduce that variety. Uh, but B, in this move to get away from monoculture, we came around full circle and rebuilt it on on a you know a Linux stack where most projects are running the same libraries. Very interesting yeah. development. Well it reminds me too of like when I was when I was uh, like in high school and you know trying to you know you you're you're trying to kind of shape your identity and there's things that are cool and things that aren't cool and so you, you know and here you are as as a teen and you're like you're trying to be very different. Yeah. And and my mom at one point pointed out she's like yes but you're all the same different. So <laughs> so are you you're not really different because you're all different. Yeah, you know, so so you have a whole a whole high school of kids who all think that they're different. It's like all right, well now you're all the same. Yeah, if you if you predicate your uh, personality on being contrary to what someone else is saying, um, you effectively give them the power to define you, right? And then if everyone is contrary to whatever is popular, yes, you get you get a whole bunch of clones all different in the same way. Weird mm-hmm. people are weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of one of the things that. Uh, you know, a few episodes episodes ago, when I had Dave Marcus on, uh, one of the things we talked about was the uh, the bubble, like the internet bubble, and and how how you know Google algorithms, Facebook algorithms, Amazon algorithms, you know, 
can you know paint you into a corner and mm-hmm. you know and you know i said you know it, it what's interesting to me is even if even if i say okay you know you you have expressed this point of view that is different than mine i don't agree with you but let me go research this let me go let me go try and see like is that true or you know do 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 you actually know what you're talking about <laughs> uh, you know and 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 let me go let's try and find out well the problem is the algorithm won't actually let you you know because i'm already like google has already decided that i'm left leaning progressive or whatever so when i try to search the thing that you tell me you know uh, in in this scenario you're you're right wing and so when i try to search <laughs> when i try to search the thing that you're telling me the results i get are still going to just validate my own opinion They're, it's not actually going to show me the other point of view so i don't like that i'm right wing in this example we'll start there um <laughs> the, the next thing i would say is um i I'm going to talk about the people. I'm going to talk about the tech. It's rare to find people who actually try to seek out, you know, opinions different than their own. I think that is a skill that we are very quickly losing. Um, you know, in in the in the good old days, kids, when someone said something ridiculous that you wanted to argue with, your first thought was, "Well, maybe I'm about to learn something here." And today, if it's something you disagree with, it's like, "I will block that person so they never bother me again." So I think we're we're already in a minority of people who are going to go out and look for alternative views. Then you run into all the algorithm back pressure, which you already covered in a different uh, different episode. The third thing I think is technologically, there is a way to get out of that bubble, um, which is again even fewer people use a different browser, right? Use Brave and use uh, DuckDuckGo, and now. They don't track you. They don't know who you are. And there'll still be some tracking and everything. But I say that because when when I do have scenarios, to your point, where I'm like, what are they seeing? What? Uh, why? I just saw all this news that agrees with my point. How can they be so ridiculous? Uh, I actually go to another browser, and again, Brave, that doesn't track. And I go to a different search engine so that I'm outside of those algorithms. Because otherwise, you just stick in that same groove. Right. Well, and and you know, and I I feel like in 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 that case, you also end up with actually a completely separate third a a third set of information. So there's yes, what I see is all left wing progressive stuff that agrees with my my you know bias. You know, like that I already believe that, and that's what I see. And then I'm talking with someone who's on the right that all they see is. OAN, Newsmax, Fox News, whatever that that's what comes up in their feed. So then I go to an independent browser and I and I or I go I go use Brave and I say, OK, well, let me let me go outside the bubble and search. And then I end up with, you know, I don't know, some Canadian broadcast BBC stuff or something that's somewhere somewhere in the middle <laughs> match either of our biases, um, which is not to say that that's bad. That's a good thing. It's just it's still it still wouldn't help me it still wouldn't help me figure out what they're seeing or how they arrived at their conclusion because I would see a third set of information and go, okay, yeah, I still don't get it. I don't know. I don't know how you got there. Yeah. The, uh, the propaganda scene in which we swim in is, is, is deep and the current is strong. I, well, and so, so yes, on, on the one hand, I, I, I mean, I, 
I agree that people are quick to block and filter and and I and I, and I know people my, my my own family <laughs> I know people who are just like no as soon as I see that you know you even even human even humor stuff from the right I'm cutting you off because I don't want it like I just don't I don't want to deal with it I don't want to have that conversation like I don't want to even even humor it um which obviously paints you into a corner. I mean, uh, then then you have no exposure to other points of view and everything is kind of a, you know, a circle jerk of everyone patting each other on the back and saying, you're right. Um, but then, you know, I, I do have a couple people who I have over, over the years blocked because I'm like, at some point it falls into the paradox of tolerance. At some point it falls into, look, I'm trying to have a rational conversation with you, but I've determined that's not possible. So it's funny you use that phrase because I made the mistake of getting on Facebook today, which I should never do. I saw, I saw you, I saw you comment about that. <laughs> and uh, and someone had said, I'm not going into the details. That's beside the point. But someone had said something, and I'm like, oh, I I didn't realize that. That seems counter to their their interests. I'm not sure why they would do that. And then someone else, you know, chimed in, well, it's because of blah, blah, blah. And uh, and a good friend of mine replies, no, that's the paradox of tolerance. And they're like, well, wait a minute, what is the paradox? And doing this Facebook thing that so many people seem to have fallen into, where you just question every single thing to people get exhausted. And she's like, you can, my friend's like, you can go read about this on the internet. You can you can educate yourself. Well, are you saying I'm educate, uneducated now? Like, oh, it just keeps going. And they're like, I don't even know where to go. So I like, fine, here's a link to the paradox of tolerance. Read on Wikipedia. And then she starts blowing me up because I'm being condescending. I'm like, you said you didn't know how to Google it. I'm <laughs> and so, but yes, it, there, but I, there is I, that. I almost, oh, go ahead. I almost feel like at some point, the effort to be tolerant, the effort to embrace debate and have rational conversations, um, can become a, a can become a, a handicap um, if if you're dealing with the wrong person and the wrong type of person. Like, you know, like I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I will throw a name out, not not anyone we know, but all the stuff going on with Marjorie Taylor Greene, I'm like. That's not a person we need to try to have a rational conversation about or with. Like, kick her to the curb. Stop pretending like what she's saying has any legitimacy or sanity to it at all. <laughs> but, you know, but then people will be like, well, that's cancel culture. And, you know, and, 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 you know, and, and I thought you were all about, uh, you know, tolerance and stuff. And it's like, okay, well, that, there are some things I don't need to be tolerant of. And you're one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try so hard not to block people and to listen. And uh, but to your point, I've got like a two and done. Like I will, I will go two rounds. If you say something ridiculous, I I will try to bring it back to normal. If it goes again, then I'm out. <laughs> I'm just I don't have uh, I don't have the the time nor the effort nor the energy. Um, and it, it seems that. For a certain amount of people, specifically, I find this on Facebook, it may be elsewhere, that the whole idea is just exhausting everyone around them. So you go, fine, you're right, I don't care. 
<laughs> and it's such a weird way for those of us who were taught how to debate and for those of us who grew up with critical thinking skills, it's such a weird way to move through the world. It, it, it is interesting. And, and I'm, I'm actually not that well versed in this. I only know the basics, but uh, it, it's interesting to kind of go through one of those, you know, quote unquote debates on Facebook and just start picking apart logical fallacies and being like, mm -hmm. Is your confirmation bias. All right. Well, now you're doing ad hominem attacks. All right. Well, now, you know, like is, you know, and, and just and just pick the whole thing apart and be like, OK, you're you're you know, there's there's some red herrings. I'm like, OK, let, you're you're not actually talking about the thing that we're talking about in the first place. <laughs> now you're attacking me personally. And and, you know, and the, the whole thing, too, like you, you, you mentioned about, you know, it's just kind of exhausting. It's like this. Uh, the debate strategy is sort of like four-year-old you know strategy of okay but okay but why okay but why and it's like there's no end to that no matter, yeah. no matter how many valid answers you give <laughs> i can still say okay but why two and done man two and done that's that's my rule <laughs> so um we are you know knock on wood seem to be you know, there there is at least a light at the end of the tunnel. I won't say we're at the end of it, but uh, you know, when it comes to COVID, it seems like you know we're 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 we are at least making progress um, to some extent. Uh, I do feel like some states, uh, my own state of Texas being one of them, uh, have kind of jumped the gun. I think they're you know trying to accelerate opening up back to normal before the, it's actually ready. But uh, you know, hopefully that won't. Uh, undo all of the progress but as we get 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 back to quote unquote normal uh you know what what are you looking forward to what do you what do you miss from after you know being being locked up in the house for the last year oh geez so much uh, the the main thing that i miss is just hanging out with tech people at conferences and that sounds ridiculous but that is really just so much fun to get out to swap ideas to hear what other people are building hear what other people are breaking um you know to go get uh, go get some drinks to get in a little bit of trouble and uh and there was rsa of 2020 where i was um at a cigar bar drinking some scotch and i was hanging out with uh aaron lintel i'll, I'll tell the story because he, he owns this. It's all his fault, by the way, in case anyone is wondering. And, and he's like, oh, the conferencing, I hate, blah, blah, blah. It's, I, I'm, I'm just not into it. I just don't feel it. I, I'm like, but this is a rare moment in time where we get to like see each other and, and have as a community still the sense that we've got each other's backs. We're sharing information. I mean, Info, InfoSec is becoming more and more and more mainstream. And so that community seems to be shrinking um, by the day, sometimes literally shrinking as we lose luminaries like uh, Dan, Dan Kaminsky. Uh, but he turned to me and goes, Wolf, it's already over. And that was the last conference I went to. So I think I think Aaron's the one who cursed us all <laughs> first because he's the one who told me it was over. But second, I really do miss that sense. You, there's only so much you can get of it um, by doing everything remote. So that that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, th th I, I will say there are, there are a handful of vendors that have done a pretty good job of, you know, like everyone's done virtual conferences and virtual whatever and 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 stuff. And uh, some of them are just, all right, well, let's all just jump on a Zoom call. Um, it's like, all right, well, at, at least you're conveying information. 
but some vendors have really you know, like and, and, and Intel is one of them that has done a couple a couple events where they've coordinated things ahead of time. They like sent us bottles of wine up front and, you know, we have like a little you know, virtual you know, it, it, trying trying to recreate that ambiance of of what well, we're going to have a reception at uh, at Black Hat, you know, and 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 things like that. And, you know, but it, it's still you're right. It's still not the same. And and one of the things I think a lot of people I don't think people outside of cybersecurity really understand. Um, and I, I don't know if there are I, I honestly do not know if there are equivalents in other industries, but. Those, you know, RSA and Black Hat is like are, you know, major sort of, you know, networking and connection and just, just, just camaraderie events. It's like the, the vendor, I don't even care about the vendors. <laughs> I don't care about the vendors. I, I mean, yes, there are some, there are some, there are some good keynotes. There are some good sessions. There's a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, great information is shared. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's all it, it, all of that is is great, but you're really there for Halcon. You're really there for you know just meeting people and having conversations. Yeah, get uh, get a thousand of your best friends together <laughs> and and have a party. Uh, the the not sharing is great. The all that is is fantastic, but the the idea of just sitting down and talking around what the problem space is and what's working and what's not, because back to different forms of intelligence, back to range, we, we all, I mean, you pick 20 different security professionals that you and I both know, and they all are tackling this problem differently. And they're all saying some things that are working great, some things are working terribly, they've had some great ideas. And so being able to, to pick those bits up and weave them into an overall approach, I think, is really crucial. And uh, and you're right, you're right. Some vendors have done good. Um, Dual Security was doing like wine tastings and and coffee events, which were fun. And that was good. That was good. Um, but I, I still, I don't. It, it, it's better than staring at a screen, but it's not as good as that human to human connection. Right. Well, and you know the 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 point you just brought up, I think, is good too, which is. In any, you know, take antivirus back in the day. I mean, you had Semantic, McAfee, Trend Micro, Computer Associates, and they're all they're all competing. And you know, you could you know look at any marketing, and and they would you know, or or if you had actually had a sales call, the McAfee guy would have no qualms telling you why McAfee was better and why you know why you shouldn't go with Semantic, et cetera, et cetera. But in the end, we are all trying to solve essentially the same problems and it's and 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 the the differences in the approaches are sometimes nuanced you know like mm -hmm. the, like ultimately you're not really doing anything different than your competitor um you know it, it's you know just variations on a theme um and i think that you know there's there, you know, this is sort of like a, like a, a, you know, sports team thing. You know, it's like, you know, when, 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 when the lions are playing the bears on the field, you know, that guy's the enemy, you know, and, and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take him out. I'm going to win at all costs. But when you're not on the field, you can have a conversation about the pros and cons of, of, of the sport in general or, or, or whatever. And I think that's, that's the kind of thing that goes on. And it's that, that the, the, 
uh, I hate to use the the, the buzzword, but it, it, the the synergy of having smart minds talk about the problem, um, I think has value. I think I think I think people come away from those conversations, and it 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 you know raises raises the tide for all ships, so to speak. Absolutely agree. And to your to your sports analogy. Um, I've learned, I've always played defense, right? I've, I've always been on the defense. That's just my world. And I've learned so much by hanging out with red teamers. <laughs> you broke what, how with the, what and the, where, uh, it's, it's always very insightful and eye opening to figure out what happens once you get beyond the metaphor of here's how this works. Here's how the vendor wants you to think about it and into the nitty gritties of, but here's how it was implemented and even further below. But, you know, I know there's that standard, but however, we've interpreted uh, that standard a little bit differently, right? We, we um, set up an OIDC offflow with our own types of jots. And therefore, if you do this, you can circumvent that. Those are not things that unless you're actively researching them, you're going to know or be aware of or discover. And not everyone can research everything. Um, therefore, the idea of getting together and, and having those conversations so incredibly crucial to uh, to our domain. Um, in that vein, uh, I am ninety. We'll say ninety-seven percent. Ninety-seven sure that I will be physically present in Las Vegas for Black Hat this year. So that is fantastic. Are, 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 are you planning to be on, on boots on the ground in Vegas? I'm in the 90 percentile as well. Much depends on um, what my employer decides to do. Yeah, well, and yeah, I'll be very curious to see, you know, the, 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 the jury is out right now in terms of like, well, what will the what will the uh, audience be? You know, like how, how many people will actually show up for such a thing? Um, I am in the camp that says it will exceed expectations because I feel like, again, where, where we're at now, there's light at the end of the tunnel. People are getting vaccinated and, you know, things are, 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 are looking better. And we're talking about, you know, four months from now or, you know, three months from now, whatever. Um, and I think that people are, you know, like, like we were just talking about people, people are, are dying to have those face-to-face conversations and those meetings and, and just get out and, and be able to, you know, travel and see people. Um, and so I think given the opportunity, people will go. I hope you're right. <laughs> I, I want to believe. And so I'm, I'm hoping everything comes together. But, you know, the one thing that 2020 taught me, uh, because it was a two-week shutdown, right? I don't know about you, but that's what I was told, a two-week shutdown. <laughs> and, and every two weeks, I was like, well, my next conference is in, is in, May. Surely I'll be able to do that. Okay, that's canceled. But the next conference is in the beginning of June. Okay, I'll be able to do that. Oh, that canceled. All right. Well, we know that July. No. Okay. Well, Black Hat, surely everything will be fine by Black Hat. No. Uh, So I'm really hopeful, but I've also become jaded over 14 months. Right. You, you, You have to kind of temper it back to cautious optimism. Yes. Yes. Well said. All right. Well, uh, I want to you know, thank you for taking the time uh, as a very uh, enlightening and fun chat, as always. And, always a pleasure, sir. And, uh, you know, 
Fing, fing, fingers crossed we'll be able to uh, have that uh, have that conversation face to face over a beer in uh, Las Vegas in August. That would be fantastic. I appreciate you investing your time to listen to the podcast, but I also invite you to engage on social media. Uh, please go like our Facebook page and follow at Techspective on Twitter and Instagram. You can feel free to let me know what you like, let me know what you don't like, let me know if you love it, let me know if it sucks, and uh, let me know what products you'd like to see reviewed or what uh, questions you'd like to see answered in future posts. 